Welcome and thanks for tuning in. While you listen to this podcast and think about the topics that we'll explore, remember, the areas you're moving into are always most important. Plan well and move to protect others and yourself. That's how you deliver flawless service and move America safely. So enjoy life and enjoy this podcast. Welcome back to another podcast. Jason is not joining us today. He's busy doing other things. I'm here with Jeremy Rames, yeah. owner, operator, business partner with Rail. Let's talk about you and your entrance into this industry. Where does that start and what happens that gets you to where we are now? Sure, yeah. No, I, I started back in uh, 2015 and I started with a company called CRST and they were uh, a national fleet and I was doing uh, team driving. And so I did that for about a year. I got my CDL with those guys. From there, I was looking for you know other options that would give me a little bit more home time. because so I was out for four weeks and home for four days. And so I did that for like a whole year and uh, got some experience under my belt. And then I, I, I settled on rail. I came here and I was a company driver for five years. Uh, from there, I became a business partner through their lease program, and I've been doing it for three years now. What was it about rail that attracted you most? Well, it was the uh, the home time for one, because they say home on weekends, and also the pay was significantly more than the last company I was with, and so those two right there really uh, drew me to them, and I was like, hey, and I was also solo too, so that was a big change from being a team driver to uh, being solo, so it was nice. Uh, it was a nice improvement from where I was. That had to be interesting, uh, sharing the truck with someone all the time. I mean, you train now, right? So you yes, do share yes. the truck at times. But how how do you make that work? Uh, well, a lot of patience and a lot of understanding because. Um, right now in my training role, I understand that people are coming into the industry and it's a big it's a big change. It's a big shift for their lifestyles. You know, they're leaving family, leaving friends. And so uh, knowing that I've been there, you know, I had that experience making that shift. I try to be as you know compassionate and respectful as possible when I'm when I'm uh, training new people. And I think it's really uh, worked well for me. I've got a lot of positive feedback from how I approach people training. So now. Having people in your space, sharing space, not in your space, but close to your space, right? In close proximity. Yeah. How do you set the rules for your truck? So, you know, other people are respecting the way you like things because that's got to be difficult. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's a little bit of a challenge, but I ha- haven't had any problem because I clearly communicate any expectations I have and I do it with respect. So I've, I've found that when you talk to people with respect, they'll pretty much comply with any request within reason that you have. And so uh, it hasn't been an issue for me. And there's plenty of space because I am very minimalist. You know, I'm home on the weekends, so I just pack what's enough to get me through the week. Talk about home a little bit. Who do you have at home? Oh, I'm very blessed. I got uh, my beautiful wife, Kelsey, and I have three daughters. And uh, definitely they're the reason I'm here. You know, I couldn't do this job without my wife supporting me out here. It's really is uh, uh, a teamwork effort, you know, 
with her support at home, I'm able to do what I do out here, you know, because raising a family of, you know, three beautiful girls is challenging with all the sports, with all the activities. She's got to manage and make all that happen. The doctors, yeah, she's definitely a heavy hitter on my team, which I'm really grateful for her. While you're out making uh, the movements happen and the money come in. Yeah, yeah, it's a team team effort, and I try to, you know, uh, frame it like that too. Like, hey, you know, this is, you know, us together building something, you know, we each have different responsibilities. So definitely uh, uh, one of my things that I look forward to the most is getting home getting home Friday night, Saturday morning, as soon as I walk through that door, man, just being embraced by your loved ones uh, is, you know, what does it for me. And one thing that I found over the years talking with drivers is that they find a new appreciation for that home and all the people in it. I'm uh, more patient. You know, I savor our time a little bit more. Because I know if I get home, you know, Friday, I'm leaving out Monday. I'm not going to, you know, waste time on, uh, you know, frivolous things or, you know, have little uh, petty disputes or something like that. And I'm also going to be as present as possible when it comes to our time together. And when you're out doing the job, I'm sure your wife is managing things well. So when you get home, you can, you know, have those good times with the family, not have to do work around the house too much. I'm sure there's some things that you got to do. Oh, yeah, there's definitely some some things, but definitely we have a lot of uh, quality family time and we prioritize. What do you guys like to do? Uh, We play a lot of games together and we go on a lot of just trips, just sharing experiences together. Like board games, video games, all all that, Jumanji, everything, and just uh, video games as well, too. That helps bridge the distance because my kids play like Roblox and stuff like that. And there are a bunch of silly games, but I definitely pop on there with them and spend, you know, 15, 30 minutes just, you know, with them on FaceTime and uh, playing games together and things like that. And each night, me and my wife play a game of Scrabble and stuff like that before I go to bed. So it's just it's just a uh, fun little online games to bridge the gap. Yeah, technology makes it nice uh, for this kind of work. Yeah, and uh, I don't know if you've seen the the, the Oculus like headsets, the MetaQuest, and those. the new one, right? It's yeah, they have uh, these new ones where you can actually uh, be present with somebody in a room and look over and see them like it's you know me looking at you right now. And I think that's going to be a great tool to kind of bridge the gap for um, drivers specifically. You know, when they can just put on a headset. And then, you know, look and talk with their loved ones. Would you need a 360 camera to buy you or something in place where the headset would be on the other person? I think the way they're doing it is they're uploading a, uh, a profile to them. So they'll take the, they'll scan it and they'll get all the information that they need. And then it's kind of av- an avatar review okay, that's sense. operating like that. And then they're still just using. Well, I could see a system where you get the 360 camera and it's going to be that person you're going to be yeah, talking to and you just sure. set it there, right? And then you put your headset on. They put their headset on, set yeah. their camera there, and then you're real life, you know? Exactly. You and can't, it, but you still don't have the touch and, you know, but it's cool, right? They're just, that's cool. Yeah, I think that's, technology is definitely going to help bring us together. It's one of those uh, tools that, you know, is really useful. I'm waiting for VR to get the peripheral that my brain and eyes have, you know? Yeah. Because I don't, you know, it's kind of like, now it's like, you know, the degree of uh, the peripheral. I need more, man. Yeah, exactly. You need the full experience. What is it, Neuralink? And then there's less, um, like, motion sickness and things like that, you know? Yeah, I think the frame rates help with that, I've heard. I haven't really had too much experience, but low frame rates make it more motion sickness, where if you get the high rate, it'll be a little bit better. Yeah, yeah. 
I know there's like those frame rates. Your brain uh, feels a certain, I think it's like, what is it? Below 60, your brain feels it, but you don't really recognize it. Yeah. Uh, the flicker. Yeah. Something weird. I was looking at those statistics or those studies. Yeah. It's interesting. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So, how's it, how's it been? Uh, when you came to rail, did you experience what you expected from rail or at rail? Well, I had no idea what to expect when I, when I was coming here, but it was really... Um, you know, a very positive experience for me. I really got fortunate. And I think that, you know, a lot of it was just how I was responding to things too. I think these experiences are what we make of them. And so if somebody is maybe more of a pessimistic person, they're going to come in and they're going to see more things to be upset about versus if somebody comes in and sees all this as opportunities and, you know, uh, uh, more of a long-term thing that you're building up. I think that is a completely different experience, even though it maybe did the same circumstances. Well, yeah, how you look at things and uh, how you react with Precisely. people and your environment. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I think that uh, a lot of people don't think of trucking as... Um, well, what I'm trying to say is that a lot of people sleep on their time that they have when they're trucking. And what I mean by that is... When I'm out here, I have a lot of free time to, you know, uh, curate a mental diet. So I'm able to select content that I find that is interesting, uh, educational, and just, you know, pursue my own interests. And that's been very valuable to me. It really has. It's really helped out with things like my relationships because all relationships have the basic fundamentals, you know, communication and respect. And so by exposing myself to content that revolves around that, I've been to I've been able to significantly improve the quality of my life, and it's all thanks to trucking. And what role has rail played in providing you with content? Um, well, providing me with content, rail has uh, the rail university. You know, if I want to, you know, further my education and understand the environment that I'm entering in, the trucking industry, they have a whole library of content that I could just go through and get my questions answered. So that's really you know part of the tools that make it easier for me to succeed out here as a driver yeah now owner operator where does that idea that path begin well i've always wanted to uh build and continue to like um elevate my my value for less for lack of a better word so this looks like getting my endorsements, you know, my first couple of years, getting the experience. And I think I became a trainer after three years as a company driver. And then I asked myself, okay, what's next? What's next? What what does it look like? And I think that uh, getting a taste of the owner-operator side of things was appealing. I'm like, okay, let's see what kind of responsibilities and risks that come with uh, this side of the business. And so... It's been a really great experience for me this this far. I think there's a common misconception I see with a lot of people getting into uh, wanting to lease with the company or wanting to be an owner-operator. I think that when you first start, you know, it's going to take time to build something with fortitude, and it's going to take a little bit of sacrifice. And so for me, I've been actually, you know, I set my own salary, and so I'm actually making less than I was as a company driver just to ensure the success of what I'm building. And so, you know, this security is from, 
you know, my truck payments when I'm down for maintenance, my bills for when I'm down in maintenance. This is all things that you got to plan for because, you know, the number one cause of lease operators failing is a major mechanical issue. Now, when you said making a little less because you're saving a portion? Yeah, yeah. I pay myself salary, which is like $1,000 a week, and that's enough for me and my family to live uh, comfortably on, which um, and a lot of people might not be able to because there's factors like the regions where they live, the cost of living. And so somebody that lives in like New York or California might not be able to make the same uh, decisions that I've made just because of where they're from. And so this is part of the factors that contribute to the level of difficulty it is to be an owner-operator or a lease operator. That, along with your personal financial obligations. If you have a partner or spouse that has a job, then they're, you know it's going to be a little easier. If you're the sole breadwinner and you have a family to provide for, it might be a little bit harder. So definitely consider some of these things if people are listening that are uh, looking to do it. Because if you have... A, you know, a big family and you're the sole breadwinner, it might just be a little bit more challenging. Not impossible, just you got to be a little bit smarter with your, with your strategy, your business strategy. And that money that you're putting away in savings to cover any potential issues, right? Problems that need to be taken care of for you to continue to move. If you don't have a problem, I mean, that money isn't going anywhere. Yeah. It's still yours. It still bears interest, too. So, so it's take care of your truck, drive it right, drive the railway, reduce the risk of any act crash. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Uh, the rail safe seven is really beneficial, uh, not only for the safety of yourself and people out on the road, but out on the road. But the way you operate your truck, if, if you have a lead foot, then it's going to eat all the potential money that you can make. You know, if you're putting all that money in fuel, Versus if you were to, you know, be really focused on fuel efficiency by slowing down, staying back, driving at a, uh, uh, you know, a, you know, I call it a, a feather foot, you know, slow accelerating, slow. Uh, Just keep those RPMs as exactly. low as you can keep them, but move. Exactly. And, and that really does make a difference, especially at the end of the year when you see your averages for what you're putting in, you know. And that's just fuel. fuel then you got to figure... The wear and tear on the machinery yep. from hard driving, you know, for sure. And then, and that's, and then the safety factor, you know, less time to react and stop the vehicle if you got to stop. Exactly. Stuff yeah. like that. Exactly. And I find that training people, everybody's always very cautious, and they're always, you know, applying the safe seven uh, in this, you know, phase of their training, and so they uh, do really well with. The, the equipment, they're really easy on the equipment because, like I say, they're being extra cautious starting a new uh, career. So that's really been beneficial as well. When we're all on the same team, we have to perform or we're not going to have that team. You know, we're, gonna, or we're not going to be on the team, right? Exactly, but, yeah. I mean, no. we got to perform to hold the team up. And if we don't perform, you know, the team just can't afford that, right? I exactly, yeah. This is not a solo operation. We definitely rely on, you know, this is cooperation and work here. You know, and I think that a lot of people, uh, you know, get it backwards where they're like, what can, you know, I get out of this? Whereas I think it would be better is what can I provide? How much value can I give? Because there's a correlation. The more valuable you become, the more, mo the more money you make. And so I think this. You got to go for it, though. Yeah, you, you got to apply you, it. Yeah. 
You got to you got to put in the work. You don't just make it. They're not just gonna. You know, you don't just get it. You gotta you gotta perform well, and you gotta stand up for yourself and say, hey. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I think it, I think it stands out when you see somebody that uh, goes above and beyond. I think it's really easy to uh, identify the the top performers and the people that you really want on your team. So I think that's all part of discerning value. That's really an important characteristic uh, for somebody to have when they're selecting business partners and people to work with. And as a company driver, you were sending more into the purchasing power uh, that you had. Uh, for the owner-operator, a little less, but more overall when you count your savings. And if you drive the railway and do all that good stuff and drive your truck right and nice and take care of it, you know, at the end of the day, at the end of the career, you're likely going to have more. Yeah, for sure. The, the, you know, you plant a seed, it's going to bear fruit, uh, but it's not going to be immediate. And so I think that's what I say when people have the misconception, they think, oh, I'm going to get into trucking and it's going to immediately be a significant lifestyle change, you know, and I think that when you give it time to, uh, to grow and to become, you know, more secure and sustainable, you don't want to, you know, the first little, uh, maintenance issue to put you out of business, you know, you got to worry about the security and the longevity of your business. And then take care of the customer. Exactly. And that. It all revolves around customer service, you know, and you want to uh, make that a priority because, you know, these customers have a lot of options. And what's going to make us stand out is how we serve them, you know. What can we bring? What kind of value can we give them that other people cannot? And so when you focus on their expectations, meeting their expectations, and uh, communicating with them very well about the issues that you're having, and you're, then I think that's the solution. Being on time. Yeah. And if not, if you can't be on time, weather, don't you know something ain't going right. Yep. And it's like I just cannot drive right now. You just take that break and call, call yeah. you know the office here or the customer, or whatever, however you do that as a business owner. Yeah, exactly. Any any time something comes up, I'm just letting them, keeping them in the loop. Like, hey, I had a flat tire. I'm letting you know now. I'm getting it taken care of, and I'll give you an updated ETA as soon as I know one. So just little things like that that really help uh, with my customer service. But I know that reliability is the big winner. Reliable, safe, reliable service, right? Exactly. Service that's going to get the product from A to B and maybe to C, wherever it's going, damage-free and looking good, right? Exactly. It's going to go to the next phase in its life. Exactly. And as we build these relationships with our customer, I want them to view us as, you know, one of the premier carriers. Like, that's why I put so much effort into training is because when I, uh, when I release them on their own, I want them to be, you know, confident in their skills and I want them to represent us as a team to a really high degree, you know, and so this is why I put a lot of effort in what I do when I'm out there, uh, training new people or, you know, putting in the time that it takes to develop these skills. So they go out there and they look like they know what they're doing. And they meet expectations and exceed expectations. Yeah, definitely. Not only look, but they do know what they're doing. 100%. Yeah, <laughs> but I guess exactly. It's look, same thing, whatever. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You don't want to get out there and have somebody, you know, appear to not be able to, you know, get the job done by doing a challenging back or, you know, uh, any anything else, any of those clues that kind of give the impression of, hey, maybe this guy shouldn't be 
behind the wheel. Yeah, and taking your time and going slow and maybe a little slower than normal isn't necessarily a sign that the guy don't know what he's doing. Maybe they're just a little new and they need to exactly take a little bit more time. So let's talk more about finance. Business owner, you got taxes. Yep. Right, you got to pay taxes. How do you manage that? Well, I'm actually uh, partnered with ATBS as well, and they're a, a taxes and accounting uh, firm for specifically truck drivers. They do, you know, business consulting. And for me, I started uh, as a sole proprietor, and I did that for a couple of years. And then recently, this past year, I had them help me transform my business into an S-corp. And so it was really uh, uh, an advantage for me because I was actually saving money on taxes. So I mentioned before, I pay myself a salary, which is like $1,000 a week. Well, all that uh, extra money is taxed differently. It doesn't have the, the Medicaid tax and the Social Security tax. So it's about like a 13% savings in tax for anything else that I make over that because it's, it's just taxed as dividends. And so when I uh, was able to do this, it saved me money in the long run. So definitely they're a great asset for people, that, especially people new to the industry, just getting in the industry. They're definitely going to want somebody on their team that is professionals in this field. I think they really stand out from local accounting people because they're uh, specialized for truckers, which means that they're going to catch more deductions. And, you know, they deal with the same things every day in and out. And I think that, yeah, it's definitely part of the reason I've been as successful as I have by having these guys on my team, for sure. So they've identified all those loopholes, those legal loopholes. Exactly. No, just taking advantage of what exists. That's that's how it is. You know, people uh, pay more in taxes just because they're unaware of how to, you know, structure their business or unaware that they're uh, – eligible for deductions that they're not taking full advantage of. And so this is why they're here. And they'll actually save people money just because they're able to find out, like, hey, you're paying way much, way more than you need to. You know, if when you do this, uh, you're going to pay less in taxes. And that actually covers the cost of their service in a lot of cases. So definitely people, you know, check it out, get out there and see what kind of business consulting and tax services that might, you know, make your business more successful for sure. Yeah, then you don't have to worry about all that stuff can focus on yep. driving safe and taking care of your equipment, right? And then family. Exactly. Yeah, no, they do They do the accounting. They do my profit and loss for me. I just send them all with my documents, and they crunch my numbers for me. And this has been a great asset because I could get a clear picture of what's going on and then develop a strategy on where to go from there. Another service that they have to offer is the benchmark services. And what this does is they have over 25,000 owner-operators and they're able to crunch the numbers on that and kind of interpret the data and what's happening in the industry. And so they'll give you, you know, where, what are the average owner-operators making? What is putting owner-operators out of business? You know, what are the best top earners uh, doing to help, you know, their business flourish? What should people expect to be doing, gathering, uh, collecting, and sending to ATBS to, so ATBS can help them? Yeah, well, any business financial documents. This could be fuel receipts, maintenance receipts, any uh, anything that's relevant for taxes, you know, like household uh, income and spouses and dependents, just uh, anything that has to do with your business financially. You want to have that documented, and they actually 
stored in their own servers and stuff like that. So what you about have, food? Everything on the road, is that right? Oh, yeah, no? there's per diem that covers a lot of that stuff as well, daily per diem. But, yeah, a lot of that people not don't necessarily know that pet supplies. Some pet supplies could be wrote off on your taxes. And so there's just a bunch of little stuff like that that they're not they're not aware of. And pet supplies if you have a pet in your vehicle? Yep. Okay. Yep. So anything really related to that vehicle while you're out working, a lot of it can be used to help you save the money that you pay into taxes. Exactly. Yeah. And not only that, they help uh, create a profit plan, which is just essentially a budget for your business. And so this has been really uh, helpful f- to me So because they give you projected estimates for taxes and stuff like that. And so every week, you know, I know how much I need to put back to kind of meet those uh, meet those projections. All right, Jeremy, I'm going to take a right turn right here and ask you to talk about the media content that you create in your YouTube channel. I was on YouTube and I did watch some of your videos. Awesome. So tell listeners about your YouTube channel. Sure. No, I have uh, my business's name is Rames Transportation. And uh, on this YouTube channel, I share a lot of my experiences out here. And I think you know, I do a lot of training as well. So if there's new drivers getting into the industry or if there's drivers interested in going down the path that I took, then they'll be able to get some value from that because I share, you know, I share a lot of my numbers, especially financially, you know, what are the expectations? Because I think the more information I'm able to provide for people, you know, the more that their expectations will be realistic and they're not going to be, you know, disappointed or something when they get into it yeah and a happy driver is a safe driver exactly yeah definitely uh when it comes to being happy you really got to focus on that mental health too and i think i even make content revolving around that because uh balancing a home life as a trucker is challenging yeah you're gonna have to uh figure out ways and strategies to you know put in energy in both of it you got to have a successful business and you got to do a lot of work on this side but you also got to have a successful home life and you got to put in effort and energy into uh, making it flow harmoniously. <laughs> yeah, making sure everybody knows what needs to be done and everybody has their role right, and they fill their role nicely. And exactly, you still can uh, kind of shake those roles and have some fun together. Yeah. That kind of stuff. Yeah, exactly. And definitely, uh, when it comes to the mental health, that's why family and that support system is so important. You got to have the people in your life and you got to maintain these relationships because, you know, that's that's part of the reason why we're out here doing what we're doing. We're trying to provide a life for the people that we care about. And so, you know, if you're out of balance and you're staying over the road too long and stuff like that, it, it can be hard, especially on spouses that may not be used to that. Like people getting into the industry, they, uh, you know, their spouses might not be aware of the challenges that come with it. And that might be a big reason that some people, you know, uh, step back from the industry and try to find something a little bit more local. So it's almost like before someone gets into this business as a truck driver that's going to be over the road, the spouse that's going to be at home needs to imagine the house without that person there. Yeah. Can they do everything that gets done? Maybe follow the spouse around for a day and see what they do around the house when they're home, right? Or on the day that they're busy around the house. So it's really getting familiar with that, I would imagine. I mean, I I worked on the road at one point in my life. I welded. Oh, nice. But I wasn't married. I had one kid, divorced one kid. So 
you know, that was tough. But I was divorced, so I was living, like, across the country. So it was, like, airplanes back and forth with my yeah. kid then. Uh, and then I went in more office job, local job stuff, and, and married more kids. So I can imagine, you know, the stuff that I would have to take on if my wife had to go do some stuff, you know? Yep. Uh, so you really have to be able to get that and get familiar with that, right? Yeah, definitely. Anything that they could do to prepare uh, for this new lifestyle shift. And me and my wife developed, you know, kind of a routine. I've been a truck driver for, you know, nine years now. And uh, it, it works for us. But I think that in some people, you know, uh, might it might not be as compatible with their lifestyles that they're looking for. And so this is definitely something to consider before you make the jump in a big career shift. Like, hey, can I, you know, be apart from loved ones for extended periods of time? And along with that, it may turn out to be better for them than they ex- expected or that they wanted from something else that they knew they wanted, you know? Yeah, for sure. And again, going back to one of the advantages of trucking for me, I was able to listen to audiobooks on relationships and, and you know, uh, marriage counseling and, and things like that. And that was very beneficial. Like, if I didn't have that time at my job to focus on my time at home as well, too, and implementing tricks and listening to people that were older and wiser and the advice, because, you know, they go through a lot of the same stuff. You know, people in marriages go through a lot of the same challenges and hurdles. And so taking that in was really, really a good thing for me. And then being homeless raises that whole uh, concept of uh, the value. You know, you don't you don't take it for granted. You know, we can easily do that with something that we're always around. Right. Exactly. And that goes back to my, you know, top value is my time. Once it's gone, I'm not going to get it back. And so every day that I'm with my family and every day that I'm doing my job, I'm focused on what can I do today, you know, to really just improve myself because my life purpose is to better myself so I could better the lives of the people I care about, starting with the people closest to me, my friends and family, and moving it out into the world. And this is part of the reason I do social media and talk about the things I talk about. Well, and you haul freight. You're moving that in the world too. Exactly, yeah. I'm, I'm serving. I think that's, you know, for me, it's an honor to serve. It's an honor to serve my children, my wife, my business partners, my community. And, you know, the, the more value I can add, the easier I can make their lives, you know, the more value exchange it is. When you feel good and your life gets easier too. So Exactly, exactly. That's I mean, like something I've seen recently on social media. It's as a creator, you want to create something that, you think is going to be great and it's going to satisfy yourself and if you do that you'll likely satisfy other people with what you created you know yeah for sure and then that has been uh you know one of those things that i was able to take advantage of too because uh there's a lot of downtime in trucking whether you're in docks or waiting on customers and things like that waiting on appointments and so my time management has been okay what else can i do to make money in my downtime and so content creation has been one method that I was able to do that. And so I'm really taking advantage of a lot of the downtime. And it's actually something I look forward to. So, you know, a lot of drivers may think, oh, man, I got to wait in a dock for this customer. That really you know, sucks. Whereas I'm like, 
oh man, I get to wait in a dock at this customer and I get to work on some of my other passion projects, some of the other things that make me money in my life as well. And so I think that taking, making, uh, you know, taking advantage of all the time that is available to us is one of the cornerstones for my success. Well, we preach that here, every minute matters kind of stuff. I know yeah. Rick in the corner office here, the leader, always talks about that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's not about hurrying. It's about being efficient exactly. with your time and taking your time and being efficient and doing a good job, right? For sure. For sure. How you do the little things is how you do everything. So, Values. Let's talk about values, the values here at Rail and how you adopted them. I'm assuming you adopted them. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're truths. Who, who doesn't want to adopt truths, right? Uh, safe seven, stuff like that. They just are what they are. That's what, how it is. It's like gravity, right? Yeah. Throw it up, it comes down. And you slow down, stay back, you can stop. So if something happens in front of you, you're not involved in it. And you can keep moving on and all good stuff. Everybody lives to see another day, that kind of stuff. Now, I know you recently had a speeding ticket. Oh, yeah. And I, you mentioned it to me, so we're going to talk about it. Talk about values and how you adopted them and where this uh, this race car guy came in. <laughs> Well, uh, it comes down to living your values. And for me, uh, we all make mistakes. And I think that these mistakes are learning opportunities. And what, what really matters is the actions and behaviors. And that's how I interpret my value system. So I've, I've selected my values, you know, and this is safety in my time and all these other things. N- now I got to ask myself, am I acting in accordance with my chosen values? And, I mean, that speeding ticket I got was 100% my fault. I should have uh, been the professional in this situation and was complied with the speed limit or even a little bit slower to, you know, maximize that fuel efficiency. And so uh, it was a real... What was going know, on? Why were you, why, what was driving you fast? Uh, well, I was going, I think, 74 in a 65. And the speed limit for cars was 70. And so as I was going with the flow of traffic, uh, I got caught. And, you know, I I was just cruising along, listening to the radio, and not really thinking about, you know, uh, my speed being present to it because it's not like I was passing people or anything. If anything, people were... You just got uh, swept away by the crowd. Passing me, yeah, exactly. And I was up in Michigan, and I seen those lights, and I knew exactly. I looked down like, oh. It's crazy, yeah. look, Look what I did, and... So this was actually, you know, something I uh, chose to be grateful for. I'm like, okay, this is, you know, a moment where I could either, you know, and I'm really big on choosing how I want to respond to things. And so I didn't want to feel like a victim. I'm like, oh, man, they really uh, picked on me. You know, they could pick. Everybody was speeding there. And, yeah, you know, he got the. Did you have a good following distance at least? Yeah, yeah, I had a good following good. distances. But the way I wanted to respond was you know, with gratitude. So I'm like, okay, how can I use this to become a a better driver, a more safe driver? And I, you know, had to adjust my actions. Now, you know, I'm constantly reflecting on my speed and making sure that it's going with the speed limit and it has made me a safer driver overall. And I wanted to share this with people because uh, I think that a lot of people don't realize how quickly they're, livelihood could be at risk. You know, when you get a speeding ticket, there could be multiple tickets in one as well. So 
I've heard horror stories where guys got like two or three tickets from one event and then they lost their CDL. And so I got to thinking, okay, not only am I jeopardizing my own safety and the safety of everybody else out on the road, I'm also jeopardizing my livelihood and my ability to earn income for my family. And so, uh, you know, I'm not, I wasn't thinking of that at the time. And I think that's why I wanted to share this story so much is because, you know, when we're, when we're speeding, going with the flow of traffic, things like that, you're not really thinking about the potential consequences of your actions in the, the moment. The what if. Yeah. The expect the expected kind of stuff. Exactly. And so I think that uh, if people could learn from my experience, that's why I really wanted to share this. Yeah. Yeah. I can, yeah, just getting swept up with the crowd. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. And it's easy to do. Especially you drive, if you're not on cruise control. Yeah. It's easy to do if you're uh, driving through Chicago, too. I mean, everybody knows how, uh, you know, other drivers could be, especially in these big cities and a lot's happening. So, well, if but, it's, if, if the roads are not slick, I mean, really, isn't it just put the cruise control on, uh, in those situations a little below the speed limit and you really should yep. be fine. Right. Exactly. You should yeah. have a good following distance. Everybody should just pass right by you. Right. Exactly. And don't let the pressure of, uh, potential appointments or anything like that, you know, weigh on you to kind of uh, make you go faster. I think if you want to save time, avoid unnecessary stops versus trying to speed and go faster to get there. That's not, you're not going to shave off. But That's if every you, minute matters stuff. Efficiency, not speed. Exactly. Exactly. Because you can't, you can't factor in for, you know, going any faster. You got to factor in for reducing your stops. And if you get efficient and you get familiar with how to be efficient, I think by default, you'll be fast, as fast as you need to be. Yeah, yeah, you'll dial in a routine after, you know, probably a year or two of driving. You'll be able to have your own because every driver does things a little bit different. And I highlight for the people that I train, I, I say, hey, you know, because um, some guys, they have different uh, objectives. Some of them are out here to see the country. You know, maybe they're they're retired and they're older, older guys and they just want to explore. And other guys, they just want to grind. You know, they got to they're trying to make as much money as possible so getting those tarps and straps and yep. the flat bedding guys i could probably put in that category oh yeah they're just trying to get out there and make as much money as quickly as possible and so uh knowing who you're talking to as well because that's going to affect your daily routine you know if you're if you're one of those guys that are trying to maximize your clock every day maximize the amount of money that you're going to make you're going to uh, have a different routine than somebody else everybody should have that maximization routine yeah, you, you would think, but a lot of people like a slower pace, too. Well, I, yeah. yeah, I'm not a morning person. I like a slow pace in the morning, and, yeah. but uh, Stopping and smell the roses every now and then. Yeah, yeah, that's usually how my mornings are. And then I kind of get into a faster pace and then wind down. It's crazy. That's life, though, right? Yes, sir. What else? What else would be good to talk about while you're here, before you leave mm. and go move some more freight? <laughs> Oh, that's a great question. I don't know. Give me a moment. And I'll try to uh, think of something. Oh, I wanted to uh, ask you about, you've been doing these interviews for a while now, so you probably got a, a well-rounded uh, insight into operations and maybe a little bit of the industry from all the people that you've interviewed. Well, not just interviewing, working in it. Living in it. Is there is there anything that, you know, people might be able to benefit, like if you could zoom, because you could kind of zoom out and see a little bit bigger of a picture. Is there any uh, insights that you're able to offer for uh, people that are listening? 
you got to find a passion for what you do. you got to love to do it. And if you don't love to do it, then you probably shouldn't be doing it. I think that's kind of my credo. I like it. I like really. It. And when you get into things like the railway, instructors will ask questions like some good driving behaviors and how do they make you feel, right? All those good feelings. When you feel good, you perform good, which are the performances that create good feelings too, right? It's like a yeah. psych, like a vortex or something, right? Uh, when you're unhappy, you're likely to probably do not very good things, right? That things that make what will just add to the unhappiness. Yeah, because you're when you're unhappy, you're kind of foggy, thinking about things that are making you unhappy, causing the unhappiness. So you got to be happy with what you're doing. If you're not happy, yeah. you got to do something else. Or you need to figure out how to be happy doing what you're doing. Yeah, definitely. And this is where a little bit of uh, imagination and creativity comes in. Because, like I say, there could be a set of circumstances and there's a pessimistic and optimistic perspective. And I think one of the things that a lot of people do that f- find that happiness and find that fulfillment is they're able to look at it from a perspective that gives them those authentic responses that you're talking about. Yeah, authenticity. That's a good one. You want to find those authentic, happy feelings. You want to f- fill your mind with them. Uh, yeah, yeah. And yet still be aware of those bad things and figure out ways to avoid avoid them, get rid of them, uh, well, like deal with them as best you can, whatever. Some things we can't avoid. Oh, yeah. I like to say every uh, obstacle is an opportunity. So and being able to see that perspective of the, the benefit, the silver lining. And I think sometimes you know, some people just serve as uh, you know, lessons for other people. You know, there's some there's some uh, mistakes out there that I think that people, you know, could just learn from. When we make mistakes, we identify truths, right? Uh, for example, when we hit our arm, our elbow, our funny bone, you know, on something, it creates a specific reaction, right? That action creates a specific, that specific action creates a specific reaction. So it's identifying actions and reactions. That's really what it's all about, right? Yeah. yeah and and the- then going and moving towards those good actions to create the good reactions, the consequences. Yeah. And I think the one thing that we do have the ability to control is how we respond. And so whenever something like that happens, let's just you know, and people have a knee-jerk reaction and they don't put any thought into, okay, what's the best way to respond in this situation? I think that is definitely something that I've been attempting to practice anyway. And sometimes the response time is seconds. Yeah. It's good practice to start thinking while you're driving. What if? Expect the expected, right? That way, those split-second events, you'll be able to... Uh, be ready for and react to properly yep. and then reacting properly to everything else, the things that you have tons of time to react to, you know, but you know, in a timely manner that however, you know, timely is defined for that specific thing. Um, yeah. So a little different there. Yeah. That's why it's, that's why stay back is so important. Give yourself that time to react. If you're following too close to somebody, then they smash on their brakes. You're going to have way less time than if you were, way back there and you see those brake lights come up and now you're able to, you know, ease to a stop versus, you know, a sudden stop, load shifts and things like that. Yeah. 
just have I think patience and I've never drove a semi I've drove a vehicle obviously but uh, my vehicle just moving equipment right whatever it is you know we're delicate it's a bunch of metal moving fast so I don't know we can't really I mean we want to get to where we want to get right and we want to get there with as little travel time as possible sometimes in safe and timely manner so it's but maybe it's just the way we look at travel maybe we just have to find ways to enjoy that travel more you know no yeah that's that's what i do podcast music you know talking to loved ones and friends and things like that that really helps pass time for me yeah i think that's that's huge to staying happy yeah. otherwise you could easily just get stuck in this thing of boredom right yeah, yeah, and a lot of guys. I think it boils down to mental diet. What you're putting in your what you're putting in your mind, and I think a lot of guys can be really isolated out there if they don't, you know, make that effort to you know build strong relationships with their people they care about and to consume healthy uh, content as well. You know, it's just important as a, a physical diet. You want to put you know good food in our bodies. We want to put good stuff in our minds, and uh, you know. And there's so much out there that isn't good so it's like it's crazy to try to sort filter through and find the good stuff to put into your mind yeah but luckily you have the time (laughs) you know you're gonna be sitting in docks looking you know and i use some discernment upon exactly what you find i ask myself the question all the time what is you know what's the most important thing that i could learn right now that would improve the quality of my life and that you know is a question i ask frequently to kind of course correct and kind of see see where i'm at and where i want to go as well yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Anything else that you want to talk about? That was it. I'm really excited. I'm glad I got to do this with you. This was a really great experience for me. The first podcast I ever did. So thank you for having me on. Yeah. Thanks for being here. It was fun. Hey, no problem. I look forward to doing it again maybe in the future. Yeah. And I know we're going to do some video work soon in the future. Oh, yeah. Uh, for some safety work. So yeah. Sounds good. I'm ready. See you later. All right. Yep. Thank you for listening.